come too far to turn around now. May not be all that I'm going to be, but thank God I'm not what I used to be. And I just need y'all to be patient with me because God's not through with me yet. Amen. Amen and amen. God bless you, Mel Chorus. Thank you for blessing us, reminding us that we've come this far by faith, leaning on the Lord. Anybody trusting in him this morning? Anybody leaning on him this morning? Anybody thankful that he's alive and well? What a mighty good God we serve and an awesome God he is. I know it's raining outside and some people get depressed when it rains and when it gets cloudy, but, but I need to let you know, though it's raining, he still rains. I don't believe you heard me. Though it's raining, he still rains. He reigns in the rain. He reigns over the rain. He reigns when it's not rain. He reigns. He is God supreme and there is none like him. And so we glorify him in all things, the Bible says, we give thanks. Not for all things, but in all things, we give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning us. Amen. 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 Listen, one thing I do want to remind you of the trip that we're planning uh, for Memphis in March, March 18th. We're going to be with our dear brother, Reverend Daryl Harrington. He is being installed as the pastor of the New Sardis Baptist Church. We have two bus loads that are going. The first bus is already filled. Amen. But there are 22 seats left. Amen. And so if you want to get on the bus, you don't have to pay anything. The buses have already been paid for. All you need to do is sign up. Amen. We do need to know that you intend on going. And so if you will, either at the conclusion of this service, if you will see Shannon, or if you want to call the office during the week and talk with Patrice, the secretary, to make sure that you are signed up to get on the bus. Amen. Amen. We do want to fill it up and make sure that we have a good showing uh, for our brother, Reverend Daryl Harrington. Amen. God bless you and God keep you is our prayer. If you will, consider with me a portion of scripture found in the gospel according to St. Matthew, Matthew chapter number 28. Matthew number 28. We shall begin reading at verse number 16 as we continue in our series, Red Letter Reboot. It is the time that we are giving to the Lord in concentration of maturing our faith growing our faith, deepening our faith, that the Lord will look at us as he did at that centurion and say, I have not seen so great a faith as this. Matthew 28, beginning with verse 16 there, these words are recorded. Then the 11 disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to talk about faith to share your faith. Faith to share your faith. 
One of the things that, that I find remarkable and just frankly cool about Jesus is that he talked to just about anybody. I mean, he, he had conversations with people that you didn't expect him to talk with. Even his disciples, from time to time, tried to pull him away from entering into such conversations. Remember, he was with the woman at the well. And he engaged her in conversation, and disciples weren't with him when he started the conversation, but when they got back, he, they asked him, what are you doing talking to her? Why? Why are you talking to this? Don't you know what kind of a woman that is? Jesus oftentimes engaged conversations with people that he had no business talking to. And he does so and says to us, if we are indeed people of faith, we would be willing to go and share that faith. And we will not be selective in who we share that faith with. I believe you're going to talk to me this morning. We, we, we will not engage in judging who is worthy of hearing our testimony. But rather, we would simply do as he says in this great commission, go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you, and lo, I'm with you. That is what we as people of faith are called to do. We are instructed to go, to make our faith mobile, go. We are instructed to make our faith viral, spreading it and sharing it and bringing others to a living faith in Jesus Christ. Go! Don't sit around here looking at each other. Go! Don't stay around here locked up in the church. Go! Don't reduce your faith to what you can get out of God and what amazing things you can accomplish with him, but go and make disciples. And really our faith, if it is real, if it is growing, we must grow it to the point that we are willing to step out on faith in sharing our faith with others. This is a challenging sermon because this, quite frankly, is the kind of thing that most disciples don't like doing. We really don't like going and talking about our faith to others. But yet this is exactly what Jesus commands his disciples following his resurrection. And that was a time when their faith was perhaps at its lowest point. Think, for they had just 
witnessed their master being crucified. They had just watched him being persecuted for claiming his sonship to the father. They saw him being beaten with a whip tearing flesh from his body with each violent snap. They had witnessed fellow Jews falsely accuse him and later line the Via Dolorosa to watch him make his way to Calvary where the spectacle of a Roman-style lynching would take place. They understood, these disciples understood the venom and the vitriol that some Jews had for Jesus and for those who followed him which makes the sharing of their faith all the more impressive and important because sharing faith in that climate was not simply a matter of possible rejection, but the very real possibility and the very real threat of being a target for assassination. To share faith in that environment was to put your life on the line. To share faith then was much like those who dared to register blacks to vote in Mississippi. Those who were so committed to the cause that they went into it knowing that a target was on their back. This was the same kind of work that made you a target or very likely a martyr. Commitment to this commission came with very real consequences, and yet they said, yes, we'll do it. Knowing that doing so would expose them to physical attack, harm, persecution, and even death. And so these disciples of Jesus have been called to go and stand up for him, to go and preach on his behalf, to go and qualify their faith at a time and after a time when they saw what doing such would mean. These red letters of Jesus in your Bible are called the Great Commission. And in it, the disciples are commanded to share the good news of salvation through the person of Jesus Christ, to share the gospel of God's love and grace through faith in Jesus, to share the gospel of forgiveness of sin and the redemption of souls through he who declared, I am. Through the red letters of the gospel writers, we hear a Jesus who was clear in his message and his mission of salvation. To those who wondered about how to get to heaven, he said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. To those who wondered about the finality of death and the reality of eternal life, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. To those who doubted his authority to save, he said, I am the door by me. If any man enter in, he shall be saved. Yeah, yeah. To those who came seeking food, but who he recognized needed faith, he said, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never hunger again. And to those who were ready to cast judgment on a woman caught in adultery, he said, I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness. 
This is his gospel. That he is. And that all who would come to the Father must come through him. And this is our faith. And he commands those who follow him and believe this message to take it around the world to make it mobile. The reality is that for most Christians sharing this kind of faith, this faith of ours is not something that we do a lot. We tend to shy away from conversations about faith in spaces outside of the church. In fact, a recent study found that most Church growth in the last decade is not due to effective evangelism and engagement with unbelievers, but rather it is the result of trading members between churches. In other words, churches that are growing tend to do so at the expense of other churches. No real conversions. No baptisms. No new believers. Why? Because these red letters of Christ have been mentally clipped out of our Bibles and tossed aside, thinking it not to be possible, practical, and certainly not politically correct. But sharing your faith, sharing your faith is practical, is possible, and most importantly, it is profitable. Listen, because when you share your faith, your faith is actually strengthened. When you dare to share what you believe, what you believe is actually fortified. When you share your faith with others, your faith is deepened. It profits you to share your faith because you grow in your understanding of Christ and his will. How is it possible? I'll tell you how when you share your faith. You are put in the position to trust that, first of all, it is by the power of God that people are saved. When you share your faith, you are placed in a position when you must trust that ultimately it is by God's power that people are saved. Let me help you. Take the pressure off of sharing your faith and take it off of outcome and put it on obedience. Quit, quit worrying about if somebody's going to believe because of what you said. And start making about simply doing what Jesus said. Quit making it about outcome and rather shift it to obedience. I'll simply do what you said do and watch this and I'll leave the outcome. I'll say what you said say and I'll leave the outcome to you. I'll go where you said go and I'll leave the outcome to you. What you want to do with me and through me, I'll leave it up to you. And when you decide that it's not about how well you articulate it, but rather it's what God wants to do, then you'll be willing to step out in faith and say, Lord, however you want to use me, I'll be satisfied. It is not how well you orate the gospel. It is not whether you cross every T and dot every I. It is simply based in the willingness of a faithful heart. 
to say what God has done for the world and what he has done for you. And when you put it out there like that, you can leave it to God to do the rest. Paul writes, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. What is he saying? He's saying, it is not up to me. I must simply share the gospel, but it is God's power that transforms people. You can't save nobody. Take the pressure off. You, you can't save nobody, but you can share how God saved you. You, you, you can't save nobody, but, but you can tell them what God did for you. You, you. you cannot redeem anybody, but you can tell them how the Lord turned your life around, how he placed your feet on solid ground. Can I share something with you that you may have never thought about? Jesus himself was rejected. As he shared himself. Look at it. Look at it. Go with me. He, he, he was with a rich young ruler one day. You remember this? And, and, and the rich young ruler said, well, what good thing might I do to inherit the kingdom of God? And he told him, follow, follow the law. And he broke down what the law was. The man said, I, I've been doing that ever since I was a baby. Ever since I was a boy. I know to do that. And Jesus said, yeah, but one thing. One thing I see that's tripping you up. One thing I want to challenge you on. He said, sell your possessions. Give it to the poor. He said, and then come follow me. Do you know what happened? That boy walked away from Jesus. Said, no, I ain't going to have none of that. You mean, you mean I got to give up my stuff to follow you? Now, if Jesus can be rejected, you ought to get over yourself. If Jesus can handle folk saying no to him, you need to get over yourself and decide there are some who will say yes and there are some who will say no. It is the power of God. It is by the power of God that people are saved. We at most plant seeds or water them. But God gives the increase. Do I have a witness here? When you share your faith, secondly, you are put in a position to trust that the Holy Spirit will give you the words. The Holy Spirit will give you the words. Now, now I say that, I say that, let me follow that up by, by saying quickly, this is not an excuse for you not to prepare. Help me somebody. This is not an excuse for you to get up you know you got to amen, give a speech at church, and you're going to say, the Holy Spirit will tell me what to say. Amen, children. Amen, adults. Devil is a lie. You, you, you got to teach Sunday school. You ain't studied. The Holy Spirit going to tell me what to say. That's just an excuse for laziness. See, I tell y'all I'm going to like this preaching this morning. That's an excuse for you procrastinating and not preparing and doing what it takes 
for the spirit to bring back to you remembrance of what to say. If he's going to remind you of what to say, you first of all got to know something. If he's going to remind you of how to put it together, you need to have studied something of how it goes together. Help me, Holy Ghost. But when you have prepared, when you have given yourself to the study of God's word, when you have allowed his spirit to dwell inside of you, when you then present yourself as a willing vessel, the spirit of God will tell you and teach you and guide you in what to say. Watch this. And also in what not to say. Because if truth be told, some of our problem is not what to say. It's when to zip it up. It's, it's when not to go there. It's, it's when to leave well enough alone. That, that's, that's really when some of us have the greatest problem. And, and we see things that we want to address. And we see sin in people's lives and we want to say something about it. But the Spirit has not given you permission to say it. And you want to go out there anyway. Well, go on out there because you're going to be by yourself. And then when they tell you about yourself, all right, all right, I did that. Media looking for me because ain't none of that in the manuscript. They said, where is he? Where is he? Where is he? I'm gonna get back to it. I'm gonna get back to it. Matthew 10, Matthew 10, Matthew 10, Matthew 10. Jesus in Matthew 10 is sending his disciples out in the authority that he has given them to work miracles in his name. And what he says to them ought to comfort us as we share our faith. First of all, he says to them, whatever town you go into, if anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, leave that home or town and shake the dust off your feet. He says, listen, there are going to be those who accept you, wonderful. There are going to be those who reject you, don't let it get to you. Don't let it stop you from doing. Don't let it keep you from going to the next place. Shake the dust off your feet and keep it moving. Tell your neighbor, keep it moving. Keep it moving. Don't let rejection stop you from sharing your faith. Keep it moving. But then he goes on and he says in verse 18, he says, watch this. He says, on my account, you will be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. But when they arrest you, do not worry about what to say or how to say it. At that time, you will be given what to say, for it will not be you speaking, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. That's good news, y'all. Watch this. He says, when you get in clutch situations... When you get in crisis moments, when, when your back is pressed up against the wall, watch this. And when you get involved with somebody who's sharp and, and who can maneuver around and, and sidestep issues and, and, and maybe pin you up against the wall as you're trying to defend Christ, he says, don't worry, the spirit will tell you what to say. He will come into your heart and guide the conversation and give you insight for where to go and what to say that's good news because what that means is ultimately i am not relying only on my intellect i'm not relying on my skill i'm not relying on myself 
but I am depending on the Spirit of God. When you share your faith thirdly, you are put in a position to trust thirdly that God will go with you. That God will go with you. After he gives this great commission to go and make disciples, Jesus gives them some encouraging words. Because you got to understand, listen, remember, this is post-resurrection. This is the resurrected Christ talking to his disciples. They have met him in obedience to his word in Galilee. They are aware of everything that has happened to their master because of his message. And now he says to those disciples, that same message that got me killed, I want you to take that around the world. The same message that caused me to be stretched out on a cross. That message I want you to preach to everybody you see. He said, I don't, I, don't sugarcoat it. Don't change it up. Don't make it more palatable so that people can take it. He said, say it just like I said. And if they ask you who I am, tell them he's the way, the truth, and the life. Don't switch it up. Do I have a witness here? And, 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 and perhaps he sensed that they were feeling some trepidation in, in, in doing and in following that commandment, knowing what that message meant. And so he said, watch this, lo, I'm with you. He said, I'm sending you out, but you're not going by yourself. I'm with you always, even to the end. Don't you know that brought confidence to the disciples' heart? Because even though they had seen him die for that message. They also saw him resurrected by that message. Don't you know that brought confidence to their hearts that a man who died saying what he believed rose again, declaring, keep preaching it? I don't believe you're praying with me. You know, some folk, after they get knocked down, they'll change their message. After they get hurt, they'll switch up what they say. But this Christ rose again, declaring this same thing that I died for is worth you sharing to the ends of the earth. He said, and don't be worried. I'm going with you. Yes, going out on your own can be a frightening thing, but when you know you're not going by yourself. Do I have a witness here? When you know you're not walking this walk by yourself, but you've got a God who's by your side, who's holding your hand, and every step I take, he's walking with me. That gives me confidence. That gives me hope. That stirs my faith. So, so he says to his disciples, go. I'm with you. And I'm with you always. This is our hope. As believers, as we are called to share our faith in your workplace. Wait a minute. Stop. Rewind. Go back. Don't start there. 
Start at home. Start, start at home. Before you go outside sharing with everybody, and it'll be good because you can get some practice in at home with family, with people who have not come to faith in Christ. There is your ministry. There is your opportunity. There is where God calls us to share our faith. Says, and lo, I'm with you there. Start with your family. Go to your work. Wherever you go, he says, I'm going with you. Well, what, what do I go telling them, Reverend? I'm glad you asked. I'm, I'm going to wrap this up in, in four short points, and I need you to write them down real quickly because I'm not, I'm not going to tarry long. Amen. 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 Carol, you can make your way. Amen. Amen. I won't care Terry long. Listen, what do you say? What do you say? Four short things. Four things you need to commit to memory and make sure that it's a part of what you're sharing with family, with friends, and with those with whom you come in contact. Number one, number one, you are inviting those who have not believed in Christ. You are inviting them to acknowledge the fault. Acknowledge the fault. Paul says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And this is real simple. This is easier to do than you might think it is. All you got to do to get folk to acknowledge that they have sinned is not talk about sin. Really, really, here's how you do it. You just ask them, have you ever made a mistake? See, because folk will clam up when you start talking sin. When you start labeling what they do as sin. But, but if, you, if you simply say, ask them, have you ever done something you shame of? Have you ever done something you're not proud of? Have you ever done something that you wish you could take back? Now, now, now we're dealing with the sin issue without calling it such. Which makes them more open to dealing with the fact that they have some faults in their lives. And if I can get you to acknowledge that you've got some faults in your lives, in your life, that means that you're not perfect. And if you're not perfect, I want to introduce you to somebody who is. Y'all not talking to me in here. Acknowledge the fault. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Have you got anything wrong in your life? Yes. All right, you got something wrong? What are you going to do about it? I don't know. I've been trying to shake it. Well, let me tell you, number two, number two, consider what sin costs. Paul says in Romans 6 and 23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life if you have sin in your life, ultimately, it's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you something. You don't get out of this life with sin and not having to pay for it. It's going to cost you something. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. And there is such a thing as eternal life. Number three, number three, well, okay, you convinced me that, that I've sinned and you've convinced me that sin has consequences and costs. What am I going to do about it? Well, thirdly, I've got to get you to accept forgiveness. If we confess our sins, 1 John 1 and 9, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Confess your sins. What does that mean? That means just admit that you've done wrong. Just if, and, and, I, and I've done right, and you can help folk, watch this, you can help folk make this step 
by not looking so holy yourself. See, because I ain't going to admit my fault if you act like you ain't got none. I'm not going to admit my sin if you act like you hadn't done any. But if I can talk to you and you can relate to me and you will acknowledge that you've been there where I've been and you've done some of what I've done and if you have not done it, you at least know something about it. Amen. Don't sit there and act like you ain't done nothing. You gonna win me and, and I gotta relate to you who ain't done nothing? You better take the mask off and get real. If you're going to share faith, if you're going to win anybody to Christ, you got to let somebody know, I've been there. Done that. Got the T-shirt. Wore it a few times. It's in my trunk now. I don't wear it no more. Because of things I used to do. I... In there, accept the forgiveness, confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Near number four, I got to convince you to abandon the failure. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away, all things have become new. One of the greatest, one of the greatest challenges for a new believer, watch this, is accepting the fact that he or she has finally been forgiven. And leaving it behind. How many times have you, even as a believer, felt the guilt of what you've done? And have found it difficult to let go of the guilt associated with what you did. Now, if you as a believer have a hard time doing that, how much more does an unbeliever struggle with guilt and condemnation? That's why we got to share with them there is therefore now. No condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. Finally, finally, finally. After you get them there and they decide, yes, I can't leave it all behind. I am a new creature in Christ. Don't leave them there. You got to tell them now, lastly, you need to experience the fellowship. Hebrews 10 and 25 says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. In other words, you need to not just sit here after salvation, but you need to associate yourself with some saints. You need to associate yourself with some people who are walking this walk because you can't do it by yourself. You need some brothers and sisters who will walk with you, who will hold your hand, who will challenge you and who will sharpen you and who will admonish you and who will exhort you and who will help you live out this new faith. And I got a good church for you. Have you heard of Chapel? I mean, you can just throw that in if you want to. I go to a good church. Got good members. Got a good pastor. I just threw that in for free. And they will help you be all that God is calling you to be. My challenge, my charge, my prayer for you is that this day, you will step out in faith to share faith. Step out on faith and share faith 
What you believe is worth sharing. And if you share it, God will do the rest. God is going to save somebody through your testimony. Through you simply saying, Lord, I don't know, I don't know how to do this, but, but I do believe that, that faith requires me to, so I'm going to say something. I'm going to talk about you. I'm going to share what you've done in my life. And if, and if you mean for that person to come to faith, God, do something with, with the little something that I'm going to say. I don't know how to put it all together the way the preacher did just now, but, but I do know how to talk from my heart. I do know how to tell him I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. And it is amazing grace that'll save anybody. It is amazing grace that'll pick up anybody. It is amazing grace that will turn in. Does anybody know it's amazing today? It is amazing how much he loves us. It is amazing how much he cares for us. It, it is amazing how much he did for us. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Blind, but now I see. Somebody give God glory this morning. Amen.